SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. 2105, good evening everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is indeed Songa Zoma Bekwe on the viewpoint. I've just had a conversation with Dr. Sizwe Mabizela, the Vice Chancellor of Rhodes University, talking to us about academic support and academic development in South Africa's higher education institutions. It was that conversation that dovetailed with the one that I'm currently enjoying with Ms. Natalie Raps, an industrial psychologist at Boston City Campus. This conversation is predicated on World Day of Social Justice being celebrated today by the United Nations 20th day of February and of course that conversation is very pertinent for some of the struggles that this country South Africa is seized with we continue then that conversation for another 5 to 10 minutes please do join us if you are so inclined on 0891-104-207 Natalie thank you so much for being on hold let's talk to the aspect of work work has got an ability to give so much more than just a salary and because of that it takes away so many other issues which otherwise would make a human being and his family or her family for that matter vulnerable to some of the social ills that pertain talk to us please then in the light of the current employment environment where 30 percent is unemployment in this country the kind of impact it will have on a society um, i think that it's the impact is huge even on people that are working because, um, you know, when you see retention happening in your company or around you, you do start to feel a little bit jittery. You lose motivation. Um, you sometimes lose a little bit of efficiency. And you start to look around and see what else is there for me because you have a little bit of a fear. And so it, it's not just that the company now has had to um, deal with the loss or retrenchment of a thousand people. It is everybody that is left that is now looking around. They tend to job hop. And even if they do stay in the company, their productivity lessens, their motivation lessens, and, and they don't, there's not enough input from them to the company. So it does have, it has a, a negative ripple effect within that company and other companies because we can all see what's happening in the parastatal mm. and in the open. Um, it, it is a very worrying trend. So as I mentioned before, we need to follow a process and we try need to put a positive spin on it by working towards re-employment rather than retrenchment. Let's talk to the value then of industrial psychologists in these organizations and the employer at large in making sure the impact of unemployment or retrenchments isn't felt by those who remain. So, so what we look at is... Um, it's kind of a retraining not only of the people that are leaving, where you are looking at retraining, upskilling, um, lateral lateral move or starting a new business. And you also need to be self-reflective. And this is part of the fourth industrial revolution that we are experiencing at the moment. So people need to now adopt. And it used to be only in the IT industry where you had um, this um, concept of lifelong learning. It is now applicable to everybody because so much has changed. It's not just the technological technological revolution, which we've already experienced. It's now the fourth industrial revolution where we are looking at 
skills that are essential to any business, and these include communication, creativity, problem solving, anything that where you can. Um, it, it's a lot broader, so that you can um, work in any aspect of the of the organisation. We also have to consider that most organisations now are becoming very global, and we need to be able to compete mm. on a global level, not just the organisation, but the people within. So we need to be able to to learn a different way of communicating. Um, our hours are going to change because some of us are going to be on email much longer. So we need a new attitude to work, that it's not just eight to five, I'm going in to do my bookkeeping and then I'm coming home because we want to remain relevant and relative within every single organization that we contribute. So when we see people leaving, it shouldn't be, we should not be overcome by fear and anxiety. Rather, we should say, what else can I do to make sure that I remain essential to this organization? And that's a critical component that you raise because in remaining essential and relevant, it means one has to learn certain skill set that one might not have at the time but might stand one in good stead so as to be able to cushion, if you like, the impact of the changing workplace and environment at large. Yes, absolutely. We need to learn how to speak, as, as we said, on an international level, um, and we do need to learn these new skills. And it is some people who've been in a job for 20 years, it can be very, very scary to start talking about creativity and problem solving or yeah. um, social media, brand management. But, but these are the things that we have to learn. And we need to take it upon ourselves. We can't sit back and wait for the organization to come and say to us, okay, um, we've done your skills development plan and this is where we'd like to see you. You need to actually be um, proactive here. And to show that you are an essential component of the organization. Let's talk about this year's theme of the United Nations as it commemorates World Social Justice Day. It is closing the inequalities gap to achieve social justice. The employer or the workplace has a tremendous role to play in that. That's why, for instance, at a start, the International Labour Organization is an intrinsic party and partner of the United Nations in this. When we talk about inequality in South Africa, do we have a sense as to what really we are talking about and how in the workplace can we try and address some of those greater social aspects that abound because of inequality? I don't think, I have to be honest, and even when I did a little bit of research for um, these interviews, I was shocked at what I found because I, I always had this um, impression that, that South Africa was doing well because our labor legislation is actually, um, it has progressed so much. And when you look at things that have been set up, you know, like the, like the, all the seaters in the different industries that offer learnerships and internships, which people should be taking advantage of because it's such mm. a wonderful mm. program. But when we look at, so for example, I looked into the Palmer Ratio, which is, it's a measure, an actual measure of inequality. And it looks at the top 10% of your population, the richest 10% and the poorest 40%. And I was horrified to see that South Africa is basically the worst in the world in terms of that huge gap. So I think maybe because we are a labor intensive um, country where we have a lot of mines um, and factories, it was working, I thought. Um, but I do think there is so much work to be done in closing that gap, and there is work to be done also in closing the gap in terms of females who, mm. who tend to earn thirty percent less than a man in the same position. And it's quite simple, actually, for an organisation to say, right, here's the job. These are the entry requirements for the job in terms of of skills that we require, qualification and experience, and then to assign a pay scale to that job. And after that, you assign the job 
to whoever's best for the job. It should be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. But the organization approaches it, and it's a little bit historical, and they have not moved away from that a woman should earn less, and there are less women in the workforce. And obviously, as we see in big organizations, um, on directors' boards, um, and in government, there's very few women, and there is no good reason for that except our own prejudices. And that is something that we need to work to overcome. Here you're referring to the fact that the best, the, the job should go to the most qualified man or woman. I'm asking this question in the light of that submission. What is your view on affirmative action in the context of, of course, social justice? So I think, <laughs> and I'm going to stereotype again, I think that we, we want to achieve a middle path. But in order to achieve the middle path, you have to bend over first and veer left or veer right. Um, and at that part is going to feel unjust, but the only way to do that is to go a little bit unjust for a while until you can achieve a happy medium, because we have not yet achieved a happy medium. I, I do believe we have made inroads, as I, as I mentioned, with teachers and learnerships, and we have got so many more people into the workforce. Um, we're paying stipends, we're educating so many more with qualifications. So I really do believe that um, we have done well. And, and that, those programs are only for, for black candidates um, and, and disabled candidates. So it's, how do I word it? it it's, necessary, it's a necessary injustice that it has to be done in order for us to come right. You know, we've done the same thing. Actually, we, we, had, we saw a very large skills gap, and it's a, it's a gender issue and a race issue in IT. And we believe, actually, that if you, if you do the research, it stems all the way down to play school, where kids are given different toys to play with. Boys and girls are given different toys. And we have now realized that you have to make these offers. And what we've done is given 30 bursaries um, applicable only for black females. And, and there was an outcry about it, but it had to be done. And, and it's the only way to grow that aspect of the workforce. Fantastic thoughts, fantastic views, fantastic submissions. Thanks so much, Natalie Raps, an industrial psychologist at Boston City Campus, talking to us about World Day of Social Justice and breaking it down for as much as the South African workplace and how, if you correct that space even, you might make amends for the kinds of social injustice that pertain on the ground. On the other side of the break, we have Mr. Alan Honey, director at major law firm in the country, Cliff Decker-Hoffmeyer. Stay tuned.